This week, Mysterio drops his keychain, we bask in the glory of Keithy Two Belts, and Trent's mom is here to pick him up. Welcome to the Full Nelson Press. And welcome to the Cold Elsa Press. My name is Brandon Kirkpatrick. I'm here with my co-host Peter O'Brien. You can find him on Twitter at MVP360. You can find myself on Twitter at Johnny J O N N Y underscore Tango. And you can follow the Full Nelson Press on Twitter at TFNP. Pete, how you been, bud? Dude, there was so much wrestling that I had to watch. I had to see with both my eyes. Right? So things have been kind of crazy with all wrestling right now. Right? Uh, we've had so they like so NXT and AEW decided to break up their pay per views into two week increments, and then we have Extreme Rules. So we just decided let's, let's just, just do wait. a show. Let's just compare all three brands, uh, go over every single event, and then see who really is the winner right now. I'm just really glad you gave me a chance to watch all of them because I really enjoyed one company's. I kind of liked another. I hated the one. Oh, uh, and I think we already know which ones are which. But, are you sure? Uh, I, I think so. I think so. <laughs> do you like those? Do you like that lead-in? <laughs> I, I kind of do. Well, let's get into, we're going to start with the Great American Bash. This is NXT's pay-per-view. This was a two-week event. We're just going to shoot from the hip and just go through every match and just kind of give our thoughts on all of it. And just, I mean, we have a lot of wrestlers to talk about, a lot of matches, a lot of stupidity, a lot of storylines leading up to future events. There's just, there's so much going it's on too in these much. three events. It's too much. All right, we're going to get into the number one contendership for the NXT Women's Championship. This was a fatal four-way match. This was Tegan Knox, Maya Yim, Candice LeRae, and Dakota Kai. Maya Yim still has some issues with timing. That was my big takeaway from this. She's talented. She just needs to get her timing down. Yeah, the timing's off. And Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai, I'm sorry, I just, I can't tell them apart. Um, <laughs> a lot of the matches when I'm watching with them, I'm like, I don't know who's who. I, I They haven't set each other, like, apart enough for me to, like, really be like, wow. Now, granted, I don't watch NXT every week. Like, I watch the pay-per-views and I watch a couple lead-ups here and there. But, yeah, those two, I just can't tell them apart. Candice LeRae, she just reminds me too much of Alexa Bliss. I don't know. I think it's time for the Gargano and LeRae to just move on. I think they've just become yeah. stale in the NXT company. I think that's yep. the issue. Who ends up winning this match? It was uh, Tegan Knox. Good for Tegan. her. Yeah. Woo! Yay. Tegan, yeah. yeah. Woo. And the crowd went mild. They went crazy because they were paid to do so. They were paid. I'm so sick of these. Uh, everyone banging yeah, on fiberglass. Let's, let's get this out of the way right now. You can tell this crowd is being paid to be there. Oh, yeah. Like, I, the more I'm watching the WWE crowd, it's just annoying. Like, they did have a couple good chants here and there, but they're so stale. I, I don't get it. Why is AEW's crowd work, but theirs don't? Well, I think what it is is that in WWE, they're using developmental talent. Like, these people are just, they're, they're paid to just cheer. We're... 
I think AEW is because they have such a smaller roster pool, they're using their active roster. So it makes it feel more like a party when it's the people who are going to be up next to wrestle are, are in the audience right now. I think gives it more of a party feel than just a bunch of pe- the same people you see like Shorty, Blackheart, banging on the glass every 10 minutes. That's just what they cut to at the last three NXT, or WWE events. Next match is Timothy Thatcher versus Oni Larkin. Uh, what a boring match. What a match full of headlocks and leg locks and arm bars. And it was just dull to me. I know it's this old school wrestling thing, but it just bores the hell out of me. Yeah, I was bored. I was over it. It was boring. Sorry. <laughs> like, I don't have anything to say. Because there is nothing to add. It was yeah. boring as hell. There was nothing to add. It happened. <laughs> uh, next is Rhea Ripley versus Alia and Robert Stone. So, is it just me, or am I happy that Aaliyah, like, finally got on a, like, kind, it's not really, like, a an event card, but, like, she at least got to be showcased, because you remember her when WWE Network used to have good shows, and yeah. they, like, featured her. She's been there forever. But the, I do like the Robert Stone little angle. I thought it was entertaining. The match was fine. I, I'm right. not going to say it blew me out of the water, but, like, it was entertaining. Next is the strap match, uh, Dexter Loomis versus Roderick Strong. This was a weird one. Uh, Dexter seemed to really enjoy this match. Uh, he seemed to almost want to just spank himself at some points. I like Dexter. I think he is a star in the making, but then I'm like, he'll get buried in the main roster, so why get behind him? Oh, he's totally just going to be a henchman. Until the main roster showcases NXT people, that's why it's just like, it's hard to get behind this talent. Because it has been shown time after time again, you get on the main roster, you get one chance to wow. If you don't, you get buried in your shtick, and they just use you for comedic purposes. Exactly. This isn't going to go very far. I, I, I like Dexter, but yeah, I don't see him going very far with out, out of NXT. He's just going to be like a one-trick pony when it comes to this, like, enjoying the, the pain kind of thing, and then that's it. Because Vince won't like it. Vince won't use it anymore. Like, he will not do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Uh, next is going to be the main event of night one. This is Io Shirai versus Sasha Banks. I love this match. I thought it was a really good match. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was good. I liked it. Yeah, it was fine. It was fine. Been a long time since we've seen Sasha in a good match. We've seen her in a couple good matches. Asuka being involved, I really didn't dig, but I get why they did it. But right. it was fine. As you can see for night one, everything was fine. It's set up night two perfectly well. So EO ends up winning, helps to Asuka because they're setting up Asuka versus Sasha at Extreme Rules. Night two starts up with a street fight. This continues the feud with Maya Yim and Candice LeRae. Again, Maya, the time and down. Also, it's not a race. Like they had, uh, they had already used a couple weapons and then were outside of the ring within 30 seconds of the bell ringing. Like, <laughs> slow down. If I were to get hyped about Extreme Rules matches in WWE, like, it'd be the day. Because, you know, they're grabbing a kendo stick. They fell off a little thing onto a table. Like, it's so predictable with these hardcore matches that I'm just over them. I I don't see why in WWE I should get hyped when they're like, no sanction. Oh, so you're going to use a kendo stick and then hit someone with a chair a couple times? And also, I'm not invested in this anymore either with the whole Mia Yim and Candice LeRae because I've seen those two go back and forth 
so much that like this was supposed to be it. Candice LeRae winning, it was cool. I mean, it was. I guess that was probably the best part is the finish that it was actually like I was like, okay, that was brutal. Yeah, if they would have had a good match and then kept that brutal yeah. finish because she ends up doing like a, I think it was like a Frankenstein or something like that on a bunch of uh, chairs after hitting her with a brass yeah. knucks. Great finish, but the rest of the match was just lackluster. Yep. Uh, next, Tony Nese versus Bronson Reed. Another great match, I thought. Bronson uses his weight just to destroy Nice. Absolutely. I don't have anything to add to that one. Like, you were right. <laughs> I'll let you take that one. The, the <laughs> then the quality just drastically starts to fall, because it's next it's Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Johnny Gargano. What a boring match. I am over Johnny Gargano. Me too. Out of all the matches we're going to review, I think this might have been the worst one of the whole night. And that's saying a lot because we haven't even gotten to Extreme Rules yet. Yeah, you're kind of drunk and that's a stretch. I, I I wouldn't say it's the worst, but Johnny Gargano is like he's vanilla. He's just the like, like his matches are just lame now. And he's been used so much that I don't even see him going to the main roster and succeeding anymore. Like, I just don't. I don't see it. I don't see where they could put him. Monday Night Raw was just last night. Aleister Black just lost clean to Seth Rollins. Aleister Black was a huge star in NXT who has the entrance, who has the aura, who can put on a five-star match and do different things in the ring. Where Johnny Gargano, like, yeah, he did put on five-star matches, but now he's... Like, he's stuck. What? Where can you go from what you did? Tommaso Ciampa tweeted that uh, creative is nothing for him right now. Put them both in the tag division. You know, that, that's the only thing I could really see with Gargano is putting him in the tag division with Ciampa. Why again. not? Yeah. And that's not bad because there's no tag teams. There's nothing. And guess what's flourishing in AEW? Tag, tag teams. teams. The DIY could go anywhere. They really could. You could put them on NXT yep. still if you really wanted to. Put them on SmackDown. Put them on Raw. It's going to do nothing but elevate the, the tag division no matter where they go. Next is Drake Maverick and Brizongo versus a new faction, uh, L... <sighs> I think it's Phantasm or something like that. I don't know. It's Santo Escobar. Was it Walking Wild? And uh, Raul Mendoza. I don't know much about these guys. Apparently, they were luchadors. Uh, the match wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah. No, they're a good match. I like Fandango. I like Tyler Breeze. Like, I wish they were still on the main roster because they could be flourishing right now. Well, I think if they invested into the NXT tag division, then, uh, you know, Brizongo could it could absolutely flourish there. But there is nothing going on with the tag division in NXT. But Brizongo should be on the main roster because there's no tag teams. And you need <laughs> tag teams. And the fact that they used the orator experience of raiding wars with Vikings and experiencing it. And trash cans. I don't care. They use them as a comedic stick when they're far from it, when you could have put Brizongo in that spot. The one thing that we could just, it's just point out is that WWE just does not have a tag division in any three of their brands. No. Was Drake Maverick a work? Have we, like, kind of forgot about that video? No, I think it really is. WWE, or wrestling in general, just has a, a weird way of blending reality into fiction, and I think that was one of those moments where they're like, you know what, we can, let's, we can turn this into a storyline. I don't know. I, I'm sorry. The whole Drake Maverick angle, like, the fact that I feel, this is just me, I feel like it was a... It was an angle. I mean, I think they capitalized when they realized Drake Maverick has a following. So they're like, well, let's get him back. Let's use this as a story then. And Drake's just like, I just put my heart and soul out there. Well, good. That was the best you've ever performed for <laughs> it was us. the best so, promo I've ever seen. Yeah, now you're hired. And the fact that he's a manager with Brizango makes sense. But I still can't get by that little lump of, did you just work us? If they did work it, they did it pretty well. Because they had him come back at, 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 on a pay cut. 
on his new they contract. <laughs> I don't know. Next is Santana Garrett versus Mercedes Martinez. She comes out looking like a dubstep undertaker. I don't like uh, Martinez's yep. at all. I don't, I don't know. I'm not I don't a get big it. fan. This was a squash match. You didn't need it on this card. Throw it on an NXT in the future. Let her build up on, yeah, just do a regular NXT match. Like, I didn't need that there. But let's get into the main event. This is the winner takes all NXT champion versus North America champion, Adam Cole versus Keith Lee. This match was a lot of fun. It was fine. It was fine. I'm not going to say it was crazy good because I've seen crazy good NXT matches. Oh, I'm not, I'm not saying it was crazy good. No, but Adam Cole is the size of Keith Lee. He's like, which bends the reality <laughs> of if there's even a chance. Okay, maybe a little guy, but like Adam Cole is super little. Like he's a star. Don't get me wrong. Like his presence and everything else is great. His look is just weird. Like I don't look at Adam Cole. Like if I saw Adam Cole on the street, I'd be like, huh, look at that pizza delivery guy. Like, <laughs> give me Domino's. So Keith Lee, I was just like, just destroy him. I well, when Keith it. goes, I must break him, was the best part of the match. <laughs> that was good. Keith Lee's a star. Oh, absolutely. The only way I see Adam Cole really being successful, like in the top, is he's going to be a manager to the Undisputed. Well, I don't think he's a manager. I think all of them are just going to continue to wrestle together. But I agree with you. It, it, it takes a village to push Adam Cole. You have to do the match completely right for Adam Cole. It worked with Gargano and Cole. I'm not going to lie. That match was sick. Mm-hmm. I love that match. But they were both little. But now, what's Adam Cole going to do if he comes up next to Orton? Seth Rollins is twice his size. You know what I mean? I do someday hope to see Adam Cole holding both the, the Universal and Cruiserweight belt at the same time. But that, I mean, that might happen. Now people are probably going to be like, well, Pete, what about Rey Mysterio versus um, Seth Rollins? Rey Mysterio is a technician in the ring. Like, he runs all over. He does hurricane radas. Adam Cole doesn't do any of that. He just kicks. He just kicks and does his sunset. Flip. I like the Undisputed. I just don't like the Adam Cole being the king of it. The only way Adam Cole is going to be successful is if the Undisputed carries him up there. Good for Keith Lee, dude. Yeah, I know. He wins. Love it. I love Keith Lee. I think he's great. And I think they should have struck when the iron's hot with Survivor Series. They could have had bigger plans for him before all this COVID stuff happened and they had to kind of just lock everyone into their own brands right now. But we'll see. I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see the next NXT event because I want to see if he's going to be pulling double duty. Boy, we'll see. We'll jump right into Fighter Fest. This is AEW's event. Jericho is on commentary for the entire night, and I loved it. Uh, he's just a national treasure when it comes to being on the mic like that. He pushes everybody. He knows how to work the mic. Even if he's bashing a wrestler, um, he's still pushing that wrestler that he's talking about. Jericho is the GOAT. No one can tell me different. Right? First match of the night, Jurassic Express versus MJF and Warload. This match, it it started out like a pretty heated promo from MJF, which I really dug, but uh, it really did focus on um, Jungle Boy and MJF. They just kept a high-speed pace. Uh, Luchasaurus and Warlow were kind of just there to help just throw them around and kind of highlight their own strength. I liked the match. It was a good way to just start the event. Loved it. This match was great. I was invested right from the start. I love MJF. I love Jungle Boy. Luchasaurus is a star. Wardlow is going to be a beast. Loved it. I loved everything about this. Luchasaurus ends up getting the pin on Warlow. That's cool for Luchasaurus. I'm excited to see what they're going to do more with MJF and Jungle Boy because this feud could last all year. It's it's just so much fun. But it won't. That's the thing with AEW. They will not run this feud into the ground. And you think like, oh, Wardlow lost to Luchasaurus. That's not bad because guess what? There's stats there. When you watch someone in WWE lose, you're like, 
buried. When you watch someone lose in AEW, you're like, that was a good match. Right. That's how AEW is building stars where WWE is just stopping people in their tracks. Jericho did commentary later when it was uh, Moxley versus Cage, and he talked about how, like, he used to have the belt. And I was like, weren't they just feuding earlier? Like, I can't, I, I remember when they just, it just almost felt like it abruptly stopped. And it wasn't that it abruptly stopped. They just, they continued a different storyline. They didn't drive that into the ground. They didn't make it a three-month yeah. thing. It was 30 days up to the event. As soon as the match was over, they were they took both characters and put them in new directions. And it was great. It was refreshing. AEW gets that aspect down to a T. That's why they're dominating, like, the ratings in, like, the 18 to 35. Uh, next is the AEW Women's Championship match. This is Hikaru Shida versus uh, Penelope Ford. I like Penelope Ford. Uh, I've only seen her wrestle a couple times, but uh, this was actually a pretty good match. One thing, Brandon, if we're going to be doing more AEW things, you got to look up names. <laughs> what? I, who did I, did I say wrong? Hikaru? It's not Hikaru. Well, I, it's not pronounced it. Hikaru. I just say, say, I it. call her Sheeta. <laughs> exactly. Because it is Hikaru. I know it is. It is not. I'm pretty sure it's Hikaru. I don't think it's Hikaru. She's not an Inuasha character. Well, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, what did you think of this match? Moving on. It was good. It was good. It was good. Well, what do you want me to say? Like, I can't. <laughs> it was good. It wasn't like a five star match. It was just. It was a really good match. It was good. I enjoyed it. I'm just trying to ruffle your feathers. Well, you're not going to ruffle my feathers too much with AEW because they get it. But they're starting to build their women up a little more, which is yeah, great. Yeah, they, they have to. They understand that. Brick Baker was supposed to be their next one, and she breaks her leg and then she breaks her nose again. So it's just like the doctor is getting destroyed. <laughs> one big spot that i did like was ford uh ended up dodging a top rope drop kick and countered it into a stunner i thought that was really well done i, I dig her like i think she's good i think she mm. works and i mean it was a good match it was a good spot and it was someone else challenging for the title like i enjoy different challengers exactly i, I think it builds the champion and it also builds the belt Speaking of belts, we're moving on to the AEW TNT Championship match. Cody Rhodes versus Jake Hagar. Uh, Hagar comes out in Fruit of the Loom trunks, it looks like. Uh, and he comes out with a moniker yep. of Rock Hard Jake Hagar. You don't need to come out to that, dude. It's dude, he's really rock bad. hard, man. Cody comes out with that tattoo, so I guess he's keeping it. Yeah, it's permanent. <laughs> And then Art Anderson comes out with what looks like an NFL playbook kind of clipboard. <laughs> what is that about? Oh, yeah. He's the manager, so he's calling the shots. Cody and Jake Hagar, it was a good match. It was. I mean, Jake Hagar is still like Jack Swagger-ish, you know? Oh, to be absolutely. honest, though, I was getting behind Jack Swagger when he was doing the We the People, and then he decided to weed the people and smoke <laughs> and band and get buried. But I was getting behind that. Like, I dug it. Like, he needed that. Not that Rage Against the Machine, Android Twist, by the way, is one of my favorite bands. That's saying something. It just didn't fit. Right. It was a bad entrance song. So the We the People thing was just like, this is sweet. The fact that Jericho put him in his inner circle, you're just like, okay, Jericho, so you see something in Hagar. And it, I trust Jericho's judgment, and so far I haven't missed. I mean, except for the whole, you know, Sammy Guevara, hey, you better clean up your life. But other than that, like, it was good. I liked it. It was a good, entertaining match. And the big thing, I'm just going to say this now, AEW matches, you see different things in each match. WWE has become so stale to me, especially on like Raw and SmackDown, where it's Irish whip, throw into the corner, splash on the corner, chop, headlock, some submission move, sunset roll up or small package roll up win. 
it's stale. You don't get like really definitive like matches anymore. You get the rare ones. AEW has been putting on matches all the time. Like all their matches, you're like, okay, this is really good. This is neat. I don't get to see this stuff. I think there's one thing that you see, and I think you see it a lot more in indie shows, is that with WWE, it, you can feel how choreographed the spots are. You know that they're trying to get to these yes. spots. Where with, with indie shows and AEW, those spots feel more spontaneous. Yes. They're all over the place. They're not like, all right, we want to get to this spot, but you're not going to see how they set up to get to that spot. And I think that exactly. is, is a really cool way they do it. They don't have it down to a timing thing that it, it almost feels like at three minutes and 20 seconds, I have to make sure someone is at the top rope. Where with AEW, they're knocking them out of the ring. They do a little bit here. They almost throw them through a table and then they do a big spot near the steps. You know, it's, I, I like how spontaneous it is. And I think it's because they're using a lot more of, you know, those indie wrestlers. Uh, another thing I really like is how it had a fight feel. Uh, it was cool that Jake comes out with his wife. Yeah. There was some tomfoolery with his wife. And I don't see, like, if that was WWE, she'd now be under contract. She'd now be doing something, walking out with her every time. Where with, with Jake and with AEW, I, we may not see that again. And that was fine. It was great. It was great for what they did with the match. Loved it. And, I mean, I, I'm glad Cody Rhodes won. I, I feel like the belt where it's at makes sense to build it up more in the way that Cody's doing the open challenge. Who cares if he took that from WWE? For some reason, WWE got rid of that. That was the best thing about the United States title, especially when Cena had it, because you had such good matches. Because out of nowhere, there was Neville, there was Zayn, there were, like, uh, then Kevin Owens. Like, But it was a reason to watch. Yep, so... Cody ends up retaining. Uh, he taps. I don't remember how the finish actually went. There were some... I think he just didn't see him tap or something like that, and he ends up clocking the ref. Uh, so Jake Hagar gets fined 10,000 Monopoly money because it doesn't matter. Uh, we're moving on to Private Party versus the Proud and Powerful. Uh, nothing really happened here. This was just a huge spot fest. Uh, nothing really interesting happened in this match. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't really feel anything in this one. Loved it. Loved everything about it. I was invested from start to finish. It was fun. Private Party's fun. Pride and Powerful is fun. They're really good. They Pride and Powerful does over-the-top sells, which I think are hilarious. Private Party is a star. Like, they're they're going to be great. It goes back to AEW and tag teams. Like, there's so many good tag teams. And I love watching tag team wrestling, like, again. And, yeah, there was a lot of big spots, but that's what Private Party is. They're big spots. They don't do the, the slow roll-up people. So, like, when they take on, like, a FTR, they're going to have to, like, slow down, like, in... That's what's going to make the dynamics work. So, yeah, like, I loved it. It was fun. Maybe I was just more distracted by Jericho and Orange Cassidy because they were just yelling at each other. Or I guess Jericho was just yelling at Cassidy on the commentating table the whole match. I was dying laughing I at loved that. It. And then I'm like, oh, man, look at that spot. It was awesome. Like, I loved it. Next, it is for the AEW Tag Team Championships. Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus the Best Friends. Uh, the Best Friends come out. Uh, they get a ride from Trump's mom, which I thought was just, <laughs> it was just comedic, just gold right there. I loved it so much. Here are two more tag teams, but I'm sh I think one of them is going to be splitting up here soon. We will see. Best Friends are awesome. Uh, the fact that Orange Cassidy runs with them is awesome. When he pulled up with his mom, I lost it. 
<laughs> I couldn't focus. Halfway through the match, uh, FTR shows up with lawn chairs and brewskis just to hang out. I thought that was pretty good. Yep. I think they're holding off on Omega and Paige until they have a live audience. And that's fine because they're doing it well to just, it's slowly boiling over this friendship. And it's, it's yep. intriguing to watch. Omega's a huge star. And, you know, Hangman, I don't think was as well known as Kenny Omega. But before this whole pandemic happened, like, Hangman was getting cheers. Like, people love Hangman. And they're like, there's our baby face. I wouldn't even put a baby face. I would say face. Omega and Paige retain. Um, FDR come down to uh, hang out. But then there's a kerfuffle between Omega and FTR. And that's just kind of how we end night one. So, but night two starts. We're right back in it. We got uh, Hangman and Omega taking on Private Party. Another great opening tag match. They end up retaining their titles. Uh, but you can really tell they're not on the same page. Um, so, And that's just really good storytelling right there. That was, I really like, I liked it. You you already know what I'm going to say about these two. So it was great. I liked it. On to the next. <laughs> uh, Lance Archer versus Joey Janela. Archer comes out and uh, I, I don't know, man. Janela was there to be the punching bag for Lance Archer. The murder hawk has been billed to be a powerhouse and AEW did it right. It's almost like everything Cody learned from WWE. He's just chucking out the window and being like, we're doing it like this. Janela's a known person. So him destroying him like that, like when he threw him out of the ring through the table and then started slamming his head on the table. I was like, that's awesome. That was pretty good. I don't know. Maybe I was just more distracted because uh, Jake the Snake Roberts showed up in all of his best denim. Well, he's an old guy. That's what they wear, denim. So yeah, Archer wins. I just, I, maybe I just don't see it in him yet. It was, maybe it's just the right opponent, but uh, I don't know. I, I feel like he's just a poor man's Brian Cage. Oh, get out of here. Brian Cage is yoked. <laughs> that dude is beyond jacked. He's a Jersey Shore knockoff. Like, he's like if Ronnie left the Jersey Shore in pursuit of wrestling content. That's Brian Cage. <laughs> Moving on, it's the Young Bucks and FTR versus the Lucha Brothers and Butcher and Blade. Uh, this really just felt like a huge spot fest. Like it was just super kicks, finishing. Yeah, moves. you hate you hate spots and you hate like stuff like this. But you rather have the slow, stupid tags that don't make sense, headlocks. No, no, no. Um, you no, rather I just have... want to build. I just want to build. Like they were going right into it. Are like, you kidding match... me? They're what? They're no. They don't care. Have you watched the Lucha Bros? They're easily the best, like, talent on all of wrestling. I mean, Jericho's the GOAT, and then the Lucha Bros. I mean, they <laughs> are some of the most fun people to watch. That Canadian Destroyer out of the ring onto people, like, what? That, that was, was nuts. nuts. But there was so much going on. I loved it. That, okay, now the one thing I will say, the Young Bucks, yeah, they are a super kick party. They do super kicks a little too much. I, I think it's my biggest issue is is the Young Bucks. I've just, I don't know. I don't I don't see it. It's just super kicks. That's all it is. But the thing is, it's like they've had matches and tag team like moves that were super, super good. So like when I just see them sit there and just keep super kicking, I'm like, oh, come on, again? That's what I'm talking about. But I guess that's their thing. If you go back to like New Japan, you go to everything, like that's their, that's their spot. And, you know, the Young Bucks aren't afraid to put over a team. I loved it. I'm sorry. I dug this match. And FTR fits perfectly in it. I didn't see FTR do, like, the, none of their, like, kind of, like, underhanded heel moves that they normally do, like we saw a lot in NXT. You, you didn't see that in this because everyone was all over the place. I, I want to see more on FTR. I just, I think an eight-man tag match isn't the way to debut them. <laughs> 
well, you need to tune into AEW more because they have been doing their tactics. Thank you very much. All righty. I guess I will. Next is Nyla Rose versus uh, – it's a handicap match with two local talents. Um, she ends up winning and then says she's she needs a manager too, which we find out is Vicky Guerrero. Yeah, let's just say – who cares about the match? Vicky Guerrero's back in AEW. Dug it. Is that weird? <laughs> no, I mean, I just – I don't know. I, I want to see where they go with it. I don't really know what this does to Nyla Rose. She can't talk. That's her problem. Putting Vicky Guerrero with her, one of the most heel managers – if you want someone to hate somebody, Vicky Guerrero is the one to do it. I dug it. I didn't dig the match. No, Vicky Guerrero is a manager. Love it. Next, we're moving on. It's Colt Cabana and the Dark Order versus SCU. I don't understand why Colt Cabana in this this whole Dark Order storyline, but I love it. I think it's it's great. Dude, I just I'm just gonna keep raving about AEW. Dude, you're over like, the moon was, with them. It was good. Yeah, so the match itself, Brody ends up giving Colt the win. Uh, I don't know what this... It almost feels like they're, like, getting him ready for something. Almost like when you're feeding a pig, you're getting ready to eat. You know, like, there's something going on here, and and I'm I'm interested in seeing what it is. I just like that Brody Lee is finally, like, he can be himself. Like, I feel like he was so handcuffed in WWE to be someone he's not, and AEW's like, be who you want to be. Like, let's go. And he is flourishing. He is awesome. I always thought he was one of the most underrated people in WWE, so this is great. He really reminds me of that villain from Far Cry 5 with the sunglasses and the doomsday cult. Oh, I see yeah. a lot of that, and I love it. Yeah, good shout out. That game is fun. <laughs> so much fun. Let's get to the main event, what we've all been waiting for, Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy. What a hilarious match. What an awesome match. It goes back to Jericho being the GOAT, dude. Right. He took a guy who doesn't talk. Now, granted, if you watch Orange Cassidy, he's actually, like, good. Like, he's come from, he has a wrestling background. I think he has a talent of feeding off a crowd. But, and people look at it, it's like, oh, he's just the comedic part of AEW. But AEW still made him into someone to kind of fear if you're in the ring with him. Exactly. He's still putting people in the seats to watch him. Absolutely. I, Jericho, bravo, dude. Like, he just keeps getting better and better. Right. Like, I can't help it. Biggest thing I didn't like about this match was Jericho couldn't also be on commentary. Yeah, if Jericho was out there too. Because then they had the fight for the fallen or whatever AEW called it. Yeah. And Orange Cassidy comes out and does the thumbs down. Orange, <laughs> Orange Juice just gets dumped all over I Jericho. Yeah. Jericho goes to the end of the show and he he just sits there and he's just like, I'm covered in Orange Juice, JR. And he goes, yeah, you smell like shit. And I'm like, and then they cut it and then the show was over. I died. It was so good. Uh, but let's get into Fight for the Fallen. Originally, it was John Moxley versus uh, Brian Cage uh, was going to be the main event of Fighter Fest, but they ended up moving it to Fight for the Fallen. So we're just going to talk about just that main event. Uh, something that did happen was Brian Cage is now the FTW champion. So they brought back that relic. That's cool, I guess. I like he's back with Taz, too. I I like Taz. I've always been a fan of Taz. Now, the belt is cool, too. The fact that Darby Allen is back, thank God. Darby Allen is awesome. And he's a really good skateboarder. He does this thing where he skateboards and jumps onto a rail and then does a backflip onto a skateboard. Like, it's insane. Really? Like, it's so cool. So Darby Allen comes back, and I love that he incorporates a skateboard. But like I said, the one thing that scares me about Darby Allen is he's going to destroy himself and his career oh, yeah. is going to be cut so short. Like, I like that he has cool spots, but come on, dude. Could you take a breather? 
But yeah, the main event was John Moxley versus Brian Cage. Something that kind of irked me about this one is it turned right into a false count anywhere street fight. Like they're like the refs just using discretion as they're hitting each other with chairs and throwing each other's into the stairs and using the barricade and uh, being outside the ring way longer than the ten count. Like I don't know. Like to say it was a no disqualification match. That whole thing was just distracting to me. Yeah, that's one thing. That's like some of the criticisms of AEW. That's a lot. Of, you're not the only one. I mean, me personally, I don't care. I mean, WWE's 10 count is like 40 minutes. That's the way I look at it, though. If WWE did this, I'd be just as upset about it. Like, I'd be like, this is stupid. Like, yeah, just make it a disqualification match. You have to look at it that way. No, I get it. I- I'll say that they do do that a lot. There are times where I'm just like, well, and the other thing with AEW that, you know, I, I am a fan of AEW, but sometimes their team moves or their setup moves are way cooler than their finishers. And I'm just like, how they kick out of that, but not that. So that those are my two big knocks, but they're not huge. The match itself, I, I mean, it was a fun match. I enjoyed it. I thought it was weird that Moxley kept going for arm bars, considering how top-heavy stacked Brian Cage is, for them to make me believe that he was like about to tap to the arm bar. I, I don't know. I, at any point, I could have saw him just pick him up and throw him. Yeah, Brian Cage is a freak. It's hilarious. But yeah, Taz ends up throwing in the towel. So Cage doesn't have to tap. I don't know what this means for them, but I'm intrigued. I, I like Cage. I like Moxley. I'm I'm glad Moxley gets to keep the title. Uh, the FTW title, if they use it, maybe. But they're still saying it. It's like not like credible yeah. title in the AEW roster, which is fine. But hey, man, that is AEW. Now we're moving on. WWE Extreme oh Rules. <laughs> hey, folks, I am spent because you know what? You know what I need right now? I need a little. I need a little break. Okay. And it's it's kind of dim on our set. Kind of dim. And you know what? You know what we could. We've talked about so many wrestlers. She's not even on any of the three pay per views. Go. Bring it to the floor. Shut up. I'm done. I'm over her. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, this this whole give her a chance thing, we'll get into it later, maybe on the next episode. But uh, right now, it's the kickoff match at Extreme Rules, Kevin Owens versus Buddy Murphy. I think this might have been one of the better matches of the night. <laughs> I think it was the best match of the night. And it was just added. Last minute, yeah. Buddy Murphy reminds me of the road like Neville is going down. Like He went heel and got the cruiserweight, was a beast. And now he's just like nothing and i'm waiting for him to just be like i quit <laughs> <laughs> i could see that i could totally see that because he's talented as fuck uh smackdown tag team title match it's a tables match it is the new day versus shinsuke nakamura and cesaro cesaro's entrance kind of looks like the matrix screensaver i don't know what's going on there <laughs> I am just happy that Cesaro and Nakamura won. I I hate to say it. I think New Day's stale. Dude, you've been saying New Day's been stale for like three years. <laughs> but it's just, it's just stale. Their whole like, and they're like, yeah, they're funny here and there. But like, they've been getting the belts nonstop. Like they just throw it on them. And I'm just, the fact that Nakamura and Cesaro won is cool. Now, cool. the way Cesaro won was awesome. That power bomb, that was great. Um, Kofi died. <laughs> he did die. He did die. Yeah, and Cesaro is the man. Like, Cesaro can make anybody good. Um, the, they were like, oh, Cesaro, yeah, he got his belt. Like, you people say he needs a chance. It's like, he's better than everybody on the roster. Like, technic- exactly. like technically, he just can't talk. 
And the fact that when he won, takes the belt over to Cole and goes, they talk too much. We just show. And then they leave. I'm like, thank God. Maybe that'll be their stick and WWE will let that happen. Like, I don't need a goofball tag team all the time. Like, I just feel like that's what they're, they're still trying to do the old comic gimmick that just isn't there anymore. Well, that's what worries me about it is because it's, it didn't feel like a big victory to me. It felt like this is the beginning of a transition to another team. Yeah, um, I think the Usos will come back and take it. Or somebody, or a new tag team or something, but I don't see this lasting long. I don't either, and that's what sucks. And that's where they've put Nakamura and Cesaro, as people are just like, cool, they won. Um, They'll probably lose it next week. Like, (laughs) you know, that's our thought process right now. Next is the SmackDown Women's Championship match, Bayley versus Nikki Cross. Man, what a slow match. Nothing notable happened here. Bailey ends up using uh, nope. the boss knucks on Cross. Punched her in the stomach. Yeah, and then he <laughs> retains the belt. Like, that was it. That's all that happened. What a shit show. It just a punch to the stomach, and I'm just like, that's it? That's what happened? Done. You've been punching her stomach the whole match. <laughs> you actually hit her stomach like 12 times in the corner, and that one punch did it? That's it? That's your moment? Get out of here. Right. Also, Nikki Cross and the Alexa Bliss like tag team, I don't get it. Bliss Cross applesauce? No part of me gets behind that. You know what I did get behind? Sanity. I got behind Sanity, and they didn't let Sanity do anything. Next is going to be the United States Championship match, maybe, because MVP comes out. They say that uh, because of an injury, Apollo Crews can't uh, compete. There's rumors going around that he he might have a COVID, but nothing has been confirmed. Uh, He might have just been in contact with someone, and they have him in quarantine. You don't know. Yeah, it's COVID-related. It's not a bulging disc, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) i don't understand the logic of them saying that mvp made this belt and is like now it's mine i'm keeping it i guess monday they started this new faction which is called the hurt business which is uh mvp bobby lashley and shelton benjamin and i kind of dig it well they've been building this faction for a couple weeks now yeah quite like mvp being with lashley makes sense um shelton benjamin needs to be like with them too like he's too good to just not be doing anything i love it I mean, like, hell, I would dig if, if Apollo Crews just jumps ship and joins them. I'd be cool if if Shelton Benjamin and Bobby Lashley became tag champions. They are both incredibly talented. I, I'm a huge Shelton Benjamin fan. You, why not go this route? Think of this. Have Apollo Crews come back and team up with Lashley because he doesn't have a belt. So they get the tag team belt. That'd be cool. I mean, the 24-7 needs to go. But <laughs> I would almost say... Have Shelton Benjamin be the United States champion, have MVP be the manager, and have Lashley and Apollo Crews win the tag belts, or Apollo Crews and Shelton win the tag belts, Lashley's a WWE champion. Yeah, that'd be cool, too. I dig that. I'm totally on board for that. I'm excited to see where they go with this uh, faction. I feel like, though, this faction's going to end up working its way onto SmackDown. (laughs) I mean, that's just the way it's going to be. But, uh, yeah, like, how can we get behind it? You know, like, next week it's probably going to get destroyed. I mean, to be honest, it kind of hurt that just last night Shelton Benjamin won the 24-7 belt. That's still a belt? They all all lost to Ricochet, uh, Cedric Alexander, and uh, Ali. Ali, they lost to them. So it's not a good start for the faction. So next is the eye for an eye match, Pete. Mysterio takes on Seth Rollins. Uh, they use kendo sticks. They use steps. They use anything that has a corner to it. Uh, and they really get into it. And then what happened, Pete? An eye popped out. 
that's the excitement I had. Rey Mysterio's <laughs> eye fell out. What a dumb match. <laughs> this was the dumbest thing I think WWE has ever tried to pull. AJ Styles was buried alive, but we knew, like, <laughs> right? we've seen buried alive matches, right? I get wrestling's fake, but for them to think that they can put over the fact that someone's going to lose an eye and for that eye to pop out as a fake little thing on Rey Mysterio's glove. And then this is the kicker. So WWE is saying they can save the nerve. So that's how they're going to sell that. The eye goes back into Rey Mysterio's head. This is moronic on so many levels. People are like, yeah, the match was good. There were some good spots in that match, but none of it mattered because you knew you had to watch someone lose an eye to win this match. I hated it. (laughs) I was so mad at WWE for like challenging my intelligence watching this damn thing. I don't care. Have a different stipulation. But an eye? An eye. Right. I don't know, man, dude. It was it was bad. It looked like a keychain just popped out of his eye and it was just dangling all around. It looked like the Neversoft logo from the Tony Hawks games. Yeah. Like, it wasn't it's a good. knife just went shh. <laughs> and then Rollins upchucks. Yeah. It cuts to Bailey and she's just like, ha ha, Ray lost an eye. Well Rollins is like, that was gross, and Bailey's like, so? <laughs> Do it to the other one. It was just so stupid. Like when AEW did the eye for an eye thing. They never showed an eye being popped out. They just said he scratched his eye and he just couldn't see. So they put a patch over it. Right. So they scratched Moxley's eye. So he put a patch. The eye never came out of the freaking socket. (laughs) And now WWE's like, duh. So, okay, guys, go to a medical book. Like, if it's dangling, you can can just just pop it back in. No, you can't do that. Get out of here. Rey Mysterio, if that was real, lost an eye. Like, he can't see out of that eye ever again. WWE is so stupid. (laughs) The Raw Women's Championship match, Asuka versus Sasha Banks. Not a bad match. Uh, I think this was not as good as the Io Shirai match, but still a pretty good match. I didn't mind this one. A lot better than uh, Cross versus Bayley. It was better than Cross versus Bayley, but here we go with the stupidity again. So you're telling me that someone can just count to three yell enough that Banks won yep. and then leave with the title. And someone played music. The music guy's like, so they won? <laughs> no. They did not win. No, it was the the finish was just horrible. Like I didn't I didn't I didn't get that. They're just gonna be running around now with four belts uh unofficially until probably SummerSlam. Now if Banks would have won like with some brutal move or something like that, then it would have been like okay. But the fact it was Bailey throwing on a ref shirt and counting one, two, three. The quick update, Steph McMahon came out last night saying, hey, well, Asuka, you didn't win either. So I guess the title's vacant and they're going to be doing a title, a non-disqualification match, I guess, next week on Raw for the Women's Championship. So neither one of them have the belt, apparently. But yet Banks is still walking around with it. That's weird because, like, Asuka obviously never lost the belt. So why wouldn't she just have the belt? that's right it should be hers this is dumb this is so stupid there's another that's the third time i've said wwe is so stupid in one event (laughs) 
We're moving on to the WWE Championship match. This is Drew McIntyre versus Dolph Ziggler. I love the opening where Dolph like throws up the stipulation. It might be the smartest stipulations I've seen in wrestling yet. I loved it. Still loses. Dolph Ziggler <laughs> is a character that like one. How the heck did you even get a title match? You just transferred over to Raw, and then you're like, uh, I should be champ, and they're like, okay. He puts on this stipulation, which I'm sorry, it's hard to get behind Dolph because he doesn't win. I don't think he's won in quite some time. Clean. I agree. Drew McIntyre, they're building up to Brock Lesnar's status. Well, this just shows like the drastic difference between AEW and WWE when it comes to building somebody up. You know, storylines, keeping stats, showing win records versus WWE where they're like, just send Drew in there and have Dolph do everything that he can to him with and without weapons and then still have Drew win. The audience will think, oh, look how strong and how big of a guy Drew is. Elbow through a table, chair shots galore, three zigzags, and a rock bottom on a chair. McIntyre still kicks out. A Claymore kick, one, two, three, over. One and done, exactly. And that's just how WWE sees to how to put talent over, is to just have them do their finishing move to show how, how one finishing move is so catastrophic, it's better than anything Dolph Ziggler's done for the last 30 minutes. Which Dolph Ziggler did three of his finishers. <laughs> right, exactly. This is so stupid. Drew retains, uh, I don't know what this means. It sounds like they might be having him drop the belt to Orton so they can have Orton versus Edge for the title. I hope they don't do that because Orton versus Edge number three doesn't need a title to make it better. No. <laughs> it really doesn't need that. No, Orton's killing legends right now. Why don't you just have Edge stand up for him and beat him? Now let's move on to the main event. Our last match we're covering for the night, the Swamp Fight match. Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt. Man. The finish, he just shows up in his truck and then they get in the kerfuffle and then Braun captures himself. I don't get that. They end up in a what looks like a closed Spencer Gifts and have an argument there, which leads to them fighting in the water, which leads to both of them drowning and the fiend coming out of red water. And that is that is the whole thing. It was uh yeah, I just I was glad it was over. Aren't you glad that everyone really liked the Boneyard match? So now WWE's like, you know what everyone likes? Movie matches. We're we're, we're doing we're doing movie matches because everyone liked that one. That's what we're calling it. Movie matches. Braun Strowman set a guy on fire. Okay. Yeah, random henchman. What was that about? And then Braun Strowman. And I don't know. This is just me being weird. Does he shave his stomach? I saw it your is a, text about that, and I had to go look into it. I think he does. It is a. It's a perfect. Line. He does, like he has all his chest hair. It just stops in his stomach. And I don't know, that's a weird I was just like, that looks so weird. It's like if Prince Albert he shaved his gut. It would just look weird. Then Alexa Bliss is Sister Abigail, which I don't believe. Like a lot of people are like, is that Sister Abigail? No. No, no. It's just a figment of his imagination. Yeah. I still think Alexa Bliss and Braun Strowman should be together. I think that would make perfect sense. Braun is the kind of stale on the mic. So having that mouthpiece and having a sassy Alexa Bliss back would be great with him. Who won? Do we know a winner? Like these movie matches, who wins? Nobody. Nobody won that match. We didn't win that match. I'm just tired of Bray Wyatt just like getting momentum and then just losing it instantly by terrible writing and stupid ideas. Like it's stupid. That's why Finn Balor failed because they ran the demon into the ground. They can't figure out how to politely balance the fiend, the goof. And I don't even care. I I dig the old swamp man Bray Wyatt too. Like he has 
awesome range as a performer and they stop him all the time and they kill his momentum i like the multiple personalities thing that they're doing with keeping the swap gimmick and everything but yeah i mean who do you see winning at SummerSlam, braun Strowman or the fiend Hopefully we just get a win. Hopefully we get a clean win. Like, I right? hopefully we know because who has who has the belt right now? Uh, it's the swamp. <laughs> so they're gonna have to go out there and burn that mother to the ground. There are interns, <laughs> WWE interns, out there in a boat right now with a net looking for it as we speak. Yeah, they're just like, have you found it yet? <laughs> have you found no. it? <laughs> we can't find it anywhere. So, yeah, that is WWE, AEW, NXT. This really felt like a Friday the 13th movie to me because it starts on the beach, everyone's partying, and then we end in a murderous swamp. Like, it's, that's just how yep. I could sum up all three of these events in a one. Uh, which one won, Pete? AEW. AEW won. <laughs> NXT was two. WWE was... I'm not even ranking them. They don't deserve it. I was really torn on... on uh, obviously, WWE is three, but... I, I was only torn between NXT and AEW because I felt like the presentation of AEW is so well done. I love the outside arena. I love that they, the crowd looks like they're having fun. They're not banging on fi on um, plexiglass the whole time. But I really enjoyed um, the what they were setting up. This was just a whole like send off to uh, Adam Cole and a, a big a big push for Keith Lee. And I thought that a NXT's end goal i think felt more important than aew's but i i think i'm gonna go with aew number one because i just i had a lot of fun you could tell the roster is having fun they're putting over talent they're getting me interested into wrestlers i've never known before makes me want to know their names even though i'm doing a horrible job at it <laughs> i think that's why we our listeners tune in because they're just like what name is bringing the today <laughs> i'll get them down don't worry man uh, well who is your dud of the week God, can I just put the horrendous show on one? Like, it was bad. Extreme Rules? Just put the whole Extreme Rules up there. Like, that is my dud. Like, it was so poorly done. You have three matches where you have no idea who the title holder is or how they became the title holder. Three matches. <laughs> Get out of here. I'm going to go with Johnny Gargano. Yeah. From where he was to what he is now, I just don't care. Yeah. Stud of the week? Dude, it's Jericho. Jericho just, whether it's commentary or in a match, like everything he did during all this, like it's Jericho. Like he was so good. I mean, it was peak Jericho on, on all three events because he even did commentary for the uh, fi Fight for the Fallen. I'm going to go with Keith Lee just because I think out of everyone uh, out of tonight, he's the biggest winner. Keithy Two Belts is what I'm going to start calling him. I would do that, but but I just thought Jericho was just a hair better. It's a close call. I could see why. Jericho took on a guy who wasn't a mainstream wrestler. He took like a Mig Carter in Orange Cassidy and made him into a megastar basically overnight where Adam Cole was great. You've seen him in matches. I'm not an Adam Cole fan, but everyone likes him, but he's a superstar. So you knew that match was going to be good. That's why I just put it with Jericho. Cause I'm just like, how are they going to do it? Well, hey, man, that is the Full Nelson Press, episode 85. If you enjoy our witty banter on sports entertainment, make sure you like the Full Nelson Press Facebook page and subscribe to the Full Nelson Press on YouTube. Pete, uh, what are you been playing? So, everyone, I got I got, uh, I got, got bored. How's your Mixer account doing, bud? Dude, Mixer's gone. <laughs> it's dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm not a streamer. I want people to know I don't stream. I don't do Twitch. I don't do any of that. Uh, what I've been doing is just recording clips i got a ton of them and i made a montage of a bunch of stuff uh, i got some old black ops ones that i threw on there but big games i'm playing are still rainbow six 
uh, I've been playing Battlefield 1. Um, Call of Duty, I just I, I just can't get into it. I played it two weeks ago and there were hackers and it just ruined my experience and I'm like over it. But yeah, if you go to Pistol Pete 84 on YouTube, there's short little five minute videos, you know, there's no glam or glamour, but if it starts to pick up steam, maybe I'll try more. But yeah, that's what I've been doing, so take a look and let me know. Like I said, they're mediocre. They're not like a top of the line gamer, okay? Not like this show. No, no, this is this is high quality stuff we got here. Cream of the crop right here, man. <laughs> Alright, man. Well, hey, go watch some wrestling. Yeah, bet.